This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is July 12th, 2021. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is Peter Ilya, and I was, uh, let's see, Hofstra Radio, uh, it was a long time ago, <laughs> galaxy far, far away. It was, uh, ooh, rise and fall of Super Tramp happened in there. So the late 80s, and I graduated 91. So I can't do math. That's why I was in radio. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember which shows that you worked on during that time period? I certainly do. We all have that uh, space in our heart for the classics from Austria. Mm. Love that. That was, I think, everyone's. It was actually great because it taught us uh, to work in a format that you maybe weren't familiar with, maybe you didn't like. It was uh, actually kind of brilliant. Um, jazz, which I totally loathe to this day. I just don't get it. Um, rock solid. Uh, which was a classic rock show that uh, we got on the air back then. And uh, good morning, Hofstra. Did you have any uh, titles or positions or management spots at the radio station? Uh, Vagrant, Vagabond. (laughs) Um, uh, Morning co-host with uh, Good Morning Hofstra, I guess was the title that I had, probably producer in there too. Um, I should double back. Did you... um... Did you produce any of the the community programs or the weekend programs? Did you ever do any engineering on the weekends or things like that? I produced a, a, a weekend uh, rock review. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, that ran during that rock solid thing. And uh, a couple of features for, for the Good Morning Hofstra before I was on it, back the uh, the Schmertz and Oaken uh, uh, edition. I did the, uh, the Word of the Week. So I increased my vocabulary greatly by doing that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I would say, I I guess the technical term would be like a TA, um, but I I would um, uh, assist with production classes for uh, Suziza. Uh, I I think I was paid for that too for a while. Um, So that's fun. Okay. Do do you remember any of the vocabulary words from, uh, from your word of the day? Plethora. I remember plethora, but I already knew plethora, so that was kind of cheating. Um, but uh, you know, radio, I saw something shiny, I forgot everything. So. Right. <laughs> um, on the air, did you use your own name, or did you have any nicknames? I, I have lots of nicknames. Um, <laughs> at at Hofstra, I was uh, Peter Elio, just my real name. Okay. Uh, pro- professionally, a couple of different names, and eventually came back to Peter Elio, which was not a good idea. Because I had a website URL, and then all of a sudden people are, you know, showing up. So we quickly went back to using the the, the different names. Got it. Um, so when this is a two part question, and answer whatever makes sense to you. But uh, what first brought you to Hofstra Radio, and then when you got there, what was the station like? Do you remember anybody that you met? Where was it? Uh, what did the place, the studio, the office look like? Uh, if you could kind of paint a picture of, of what it was when you first got there. Sure. Well, what first brought me to radio? Well, I initially went to, to Hofstra. Um, I wanted to be in TV. I wanted to be a, a late night talk show host. Mm. And, um, you know, because there, there's a lot of opportunity out there to do that, especially now. <laughs> um but uh, I fell in love with radio. Uh, my first year, I didn't go to Hofstra. I went to Niagara University, which um, thanks to my guidance counselor on Long Island who couldn't figure out there was a great college with a great 
radio station right there on Long Island. Um, fortunately, found it myself. Um, um, but that was uh, when I came back from the Niagara. I started interning at WBAB and um, really stressed the importance of getting involved in our college radio station. So first day of sophomore year, went down to Bits and Bites. Uh, it was uh, dark and dirty and just freaking awesome. It had the uh, old rotary gates board, if you remember that. It was it was ancient back then in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was just, uh, it, we were like rats down there, but it was so cool. We were radio rats, you know. Smell of vinyl, smell mm-hmm. of chicken fingers coming from bits and bites upstairs. Um, not quite what they have now. I've seen pictures on, on the interwebs there. And uh, well, they got a really nice fancy studio now. So uh, glad they're... Uh, Finally, uh, giving radio their due there. Well, it certainly had some some character there in Memorial Hall. So when <laughs> when 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 you first went down there to to the office or to the studio, did you just you just showed up because you were interested, or was there an open house or something like that? I showed up because I was interested. I was a broadcast major, mostly doing television classes at the time, but I really liked radio and wanted to get on the air. So they back then you had to have an FCC license. So I signed up for one of the courses that they were doing student taught to get an FCC license so that I could be an engineer. And then you could try out to be uh, a a voice talent as well. So went through that whole process. And I totally forgot about that till just now. (laughs) That, that is, that is one of the neat things about, about this process. So do you remember maybe who taught the engineering class or any of your uh, contemporaries who were in the class with you? I, his name was Joe, and if I heard the name, oh man, I think there was an L and a V in there. Oh man, I can't remember it, but uh, yeah, nice guy, good pipes. Um, everybody, everybody there was pretty friendly. Um, yeah, I don't really remember. Okay. Um, so you take the engineering class and then, uh, I don't know if it's simultaneously, some people do it all at the same time, you take an announcing class as well. Do you remember anything that you learned in particular in the announcing class that, that you kind of stuck with you for a while? Yes. And I, and I say to my kids all the time, don't pop your plosives. Uh, I'll listen to a <laughs> podcast or live television, live radio. And you hear that. Puh, puh, puh. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's the first thing I learned in college radio. Amen. Talk on the side of the mic. <laughs> Amen. Man, true words right there. But uh, a lot of people just just get in front of a mic now, and they don't they don't have that training. But yeah. So any anything else from uh, from any of that training class, or maybe uh, I back in our day that I think they would have called it tracking, where you kind of sit in with someone who's already on the air and uh, get right. some observation right. experience. Yeah, I mean it's so different. Um, just just the technology, even even today. I, Back then, we had to learn how to take meter readings, and we had a, even though we had this cool little device that would give you all the numbers, we still had to learn the mathematical formula to figure out these readings. Should that device fail, and everything's yeah. just done on a computer, automated, and no one takes readings anymore. I think. <laughs> so, once you go through this process of, of of training, do you remember getting on the air for the first time? Do you either behind the board or on the mic? Do you remember? Uh, maybe what you were feeling or thinking at the time. Uh, absolutely. Uh, hyperventilating. Uh, for, like my breath not keeping up with me, afraid that I was going to throw up on the air. I mean, it was just, 
very nerve wracking and, and hands shaking. Uh, am I, is the uh, sound quivering as much as my voice is quivering because I'm trying to bring the, the rotary pots up. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I got over it quickly though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just want to call back because you said you were also interested in, in TV. Were you, were you doing TV classes at the same time or, or, or were you getting any experience uh, on the television side that was similar to what you're doing at WRHU? I was taking TV classes at the same time. Uh, they were like the basic production classes, um, you know, being behind the camera, working the switcher. Sometimes you were the talent uh, the class. You kind of did a little bit of everything. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, television, you know, everything's over the network. Either you're a news person or you're an actor on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Where radio, you know, I was looking, you know, big fan of Howard Stern at the time. And, you know, you could be a personality where television, you could be the weather guy, maybe you could have a little personality there, but radio just seemed like, wow, you know, the, 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 the airwaves are, are my canvas, my voice, the paint, let me go make art. Hmm. So, so how long do you think it was before you felt comfortable either being on the air, being, you know, behind the board and pushing the buttons or turning the pots as it, as it were at the time. And, and how, when do you think you got comfortable, you know, being at the station? Um, comfortable behind the mic, you know, for the first, probably, probably not until I started doing good morning after where I was on every single morning. Did I get that point that I was you know more comfortable with it? I remember before every shift, no matter what it was, whether it was the, the classics or the rock show or, or jazz, um, always having butterflies, always having butterflies. And always when I got off the air, having a headache, like, wow, that was draining. Wow. And until I started doing Good Morning Hofstra, where we're doing it every morning, it starts to become second nature. And, you know, going professionally, um, once I started doing professionally, you know, you still get those butterflies uh, when you start a new job, but after a while you start to go on autopilot. And there are times when, when you start to think what you're doing and it's like, stop thinking because mm-hmm. like, you're going to crash and burn. Just keep, keep it going on autopilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't, uh, there's the, the, the line, in uh, I think it's Bull Durham, you know, don't think, just throw something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, did you did you start working on Good Morning Hofstra that that first year, your sophomore year? Oh no, 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 no! I wasn't good enough back then. I did that my last year, my senior year. Well, well, when you were hosting, but I think you said you were doing like the word of the day oh, and, and contributing. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, time man i can't remember it's so long ago but yeah it seems like it was yesterday i i think i probably by the second semester so yeah that was within the first year being a sophomore second semester because i was more involved with the tv side but getting lured by the dark side of radio mm. yes down down to the down to the basement yes uh, um yeah because i you know during my time there i uh, obviously i had a lot of people that 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 worked uh, on the morning show and it never was something that probably because i'm not much of a morning person it was never something that that jumped out at me or said oh this is this is something to do so i'm curious when 
because that was that was a lot of what you did at the station. Uh, how that got started was it something that that someone just said, "Hey, do you feel like doing this?" Or or were you uh, was there an appeal for you? There was an appeal. I, I like I said I wanted to be that late night talk show host, and then that changed over to being wanting to be Howard Stern. So any morning radio was the place I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, I believe I had to try out for it. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as the opportunities that were brought to me, whether it was the TA or even Good Morning Hofstra, I, I, I kind of give it to Sue Zizza, uh, who I think is still there, just a wonderful person. And I, mm-hmm. I just didn't appreciate her at the time that we were there. We Just a great person, a great resource. And, uh, yeah, I, she definitely, I feel like, guided me where I need to be guided at the time. Hmm. Um, well, my next question is about who were the people that were really helpful? So maybe if you could talk a little bit more about Sue or any other people that, that helped oh, push yeah. you in the right direction. I mean, every, everybody there was extremely helpful. I mean, at the time, the, the, the faculty, Sue's is uh, Jeff Krause, um, you know, the grownups. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we really just didn't appreciate them at the time. Just uh, stupidity of youth. Um, but like I said, Sue had a major role just getting me in touch with contacts. She put me in touch with uh, um, a news director at uh, WKJY and WHLI, Lisa Ritchie, who uh, that like completely turned me from classic rock to adult contemporary. And then I started to, to intern with their morning show and worked my way up to a fan driver and uh, doing promotions and swing shifts and weekends and ultimately their production director and an evening jock and a few other stops at other stations uh, on Long Island and New York and but also networked with other students as as we were all getting our first jobs you know with oh, okay here's a here's a here's a new sh- uh, shift or a uh, a, uh, a part-time shift we're looking so we would like help each other I, you know I definitely Rene Dupuis and Andrew Schmertz Bruce Kaiser we all kind of helped each other I remember running into you at one point I think you were doing traffic when I was doing Villains on a morning show on mm-hmm. KJOY one morning. So we all just kind of ran into each other again. It was always cool to see another Hofstra person. Right. Or right. hear another Hofstra person in this case. Yeah. Yeah, that's always that's always fun. Um, so you mentioned Jeff Krause. And there's a lot yes. of people potentially listening to this who, who maybe didn't know Jeff or get a chance to work with him. Do you remember meeting him? Do you remember getting to know him a little bit? Because, again, for those who don't know... You may have, they may have heard he had something of a intimidating presence. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, voice on loan from God, which I think was Rush Limbaugh's line, but, uh, <laughs> this guy had some pipes on him and he seemed so serious and so ominous. Um, I, I, not to put words in this mouth, but basically saying, you know, you guys, a lot of you guys aren't going to make it. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm going to prove him wrong. And, you know, it, it motivated me to work harder. And um, he was just the funniest guy when you got to know him. What a sense of humor. But that first time, that first class I had with him scared the heck out of me. Mm. <laughs> but great guy. Great guy. Yeah, really no, he had a very dry sense of humor, which I guess took some yeah, and, getting used to. Yeah. The thing is, I have an extremely dry sense of humor. Very sarcastic, too. Um, so it was very similar to his. <laughs> Do you remember that first class that you took with him? Was that for a uh, four credit class? 
yeah, it was a four credit class. Um, it, it was more, I think it was a history of radio. I remember talking him teaching us about, uh, you know, NBC blue and red and all of that stuff and the FCC and telecommunications act of what was it, 34, um, Mm. Uh, all of that great stuff. Okay. You mentioned uh, some other uh, people who would have been undergraduates at the time, uh, Andrew, Renee, uh, Bruce, who else was there that was, was helpful uh, in getting you started and, and comfortable at the station? Uh, student wise yeah. that I can remember. Um, there are a lot of great people. Rye Williams. Um, Karen Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, John Booty, um, Shauna Wharton. I mean, John and Sean, Sean, I did the, uh, the good morning Hopsher with, uh, just really good people. I, I miss those days. They're, they're really great people. Um, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, oh, and Al Isaacs. Oh, sure. <laughs> <I can't forget. laughs> he's, he's doing stand up uh, all the time. I see him on Facebook, uh, going to well you know now the covid's over um back to doing his stand-up routine just funniest guy we used to have so much fun with him in the morning that's awesome um you mentioned earlier that 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 getting to hofstra your goal was was tv or some, something in broadcast um mm-hmm. we have the benefit of hindsight uh to look back and say well this is these are the things that we did or we saw the people that we worked with but but can you put yourself back in your mindset uh, being 18, 19 years old and walking across the quad to go to Memorial Hall that first time. What did you, as 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 that young person, what did you think Hofstra Radio would be for you? Um, I, what, what, I, what I was hoping for uh, was just a, a place that I could fit in, a place that I could learn, a place that I could get my chops, uh, I was a, a very shy person, believe it or not. Uh, I was just trying to find myself, my voice. You know, I tell my parents I'm going to go on the radio, and they kind of laughed. Like you can't even talk to people. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and in the beginning, I was uh, that was awful. Um, but to quote Monty Python, I got better. So, mm. <laughs> so th- th- well, it's an interesting thing that 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 you mentioned there that the the, the talking face to face sometimes is one thing, but then you get behind the microphone or you, you, you've got a, a tape recorder. I'm dating myself here, obviously. Uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a what, recorder. What is this tape recorder you speak of? Yeah. This tape, <laughs> it's an ancient artifact going back <laughs> uh, previous centuries. Uh, I think my, I think my grandfather used to use that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do, was there uh, sort of a, a light bulb moment or, or a thing once once you get comfortable behind the mic where you go, yeah, this is what I can do. Because I remember uh, coming in a little bit after you, as I, I think as we said before, you're junior or senior when I when I got there. I always thought you came across as super confident, not a, you know, overly confident <laughs> was, way. but like a jerk. <laughs> no, no, no. I said that completely wrong. I'm going to edit that part. But uh, no, no you, you see, you seemed really confident on the air and you knew what you were doing and you were very approachable and, uh, you, you know, so at some point, some of that's just, just, you know, the growing up part, you know, going through college, but some, something about the radio station and that environment must've said, yeah, I can do this. And this is how I'm going to, you know, not to be cliche, find my voice. Well, you know, and I think that's, you know, and I see this with my kids as well. It's, 
you know, at some point in college, you know, in, you're in high school and you're, you're with people that you, you know, I was in a small high school in Oyster Bay, Long Island, and I uh, was with the same hundred kids from first grade till we graduated. And, you know, it's kind of hard to date someone you've known that long and hmm. get along with people. And there were people that you were best friends with and that were then beating you up because you weren't on the football team by the time you're you know older. So, you know, it was a fresh start, but, you know, in college you get to find your people, you know, and these radio people were my people. They had my sense of humor. They like Star Trek. Wow. I wasn't the only nerd that liked Star Trek for the first time. And um, they liked the same music I like. Wow. That's incredible. They like, they like the same music, you know, and we just had so much in common, the same sense of humor. Uh, we could find comedy in like stupid stuff. I mean, just being silly. Um, there's plenty of times where we were being so silly on the air that Jeff Krause would say, you know, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Peter, this is, this has been fantastic. Thank you for uh, sharing your stories. I am working on putting some more questions together. Uh, I'd love to do this again and, and ask you some more questions and get some more stories from you. Sure. I hope I didn't bore you. And, and, and please don't edit that part about me being a jerk out because of a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my wife could attest I'm a jerk. So yeah. <laughs> I, it's absolutely not true. I'll state for the record and, and I'll say thank you again. <laughs>